Good morning, Athens. It's 9.08. September 26th, the date. It's a Tuesday. We're going to learn all about how to take better care of our yards today. 63 degrees here on Columbus Road right now. They say it'll top out around 74 and that between 3 and 5 this afternoon. I love my yard. I want to learn how to do it better. That's our topic today. Dave Fleming is joining us. He's one of the top people with Greenleaf. Dave Fleming, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. And uh, you've only got, what, 40 years or so of doing this? Well... Something like that. Uh, so. Maybe one of these days you'll get it right, you know? <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah, and every year it can offer different different issues, can it? Oh, yes, it can. Uh, with climate and insects and whatever. Weather is always a factor uh, in the yard and yeah. something that people always talk about. Well, Dave Fleming, um, where are you? Where were your roots? Were you a Marietta guy all along, or what? No, actually, uh, I'm a transplant, um, uh, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. Uh, and 1977, went to West Virginia University. WVU. Graduated in '81, and then moved to West Virginia, and uh, it's been home ever since. You have a family. Uh, yes, I do. Um, wife Kelly and uh, son uh, Nick. And uh, Nick has chose other career paths. <laughs> he, I don't think he uh, enjoys as much as I do the outside. Sure. Well, everybody's different, you know. And if we all like the same thing, that that wouldn't work out either. No, it wouldn't. Oh well. Well, listen. Um, okay, so uh, for years we've heard of of Greenleaf, right? Yes. It's a company. And it initially started in Marietta, right? That's correct. Back in 1976. And uh, its purpose was? Uh, actually, uh, we're a design-build landscape firm uh, is what the industry tags us as. But we're very fortunate. Two locations, one here on Columbus Road, one in Marietta on Muskingum Drive. And uh, they both have garden centers, and uh, but we both... The primary uh, bulk of the business is design, build, landscape. Yeah. Well, I've visited uh, both the Marietta site as well as, um, of course, the one that used to be right next door to where our studios were. and But it's still there on Columbus Road. Um, now, um, you know, I walk by and I say, golly, that looks like a neat plant. Or this one really looks cool. And yet I don't know what's required to make them stay that way, you know. Um, well, you know, if, if the average person is um, wanting to make their yard look nicer, uh, they can come out and walk through and admire this and that, but they also need to ask questions, don't they? Most definitely. The more information you know of what... Uh, you want to plant or try to grow uh, 
you need to know a little bit about it, need to know where you're going to put it, and ultimately, you know, uh, what's it going to be like, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Right. Now, years ago, I, um, I took a soil sample from an area that I was disappointed with in my yard. I just couldn't get grass to grow there very easily. And I took it down to our Ohio State University Extension Office down there by the fairgrounds. And uh, they sent it up to Ohio State who did an, an, a soil analysis. And they came back with this three or four page report. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm a broadcaster. But uh, still, they, they sent me back this report saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, and so on and so forth to make it better. The soil. Now, do you folks deal in that sort of thing? Uh, generally, um, I think we have, uh, generally where that comes into play is in large uh, renovation projects, especially if you're redoing your lawn. Uh, it's important to know, um, you know, what your pH is, uh, what nutrients may be lacking. But a lot of your uh, plants that you do in your everyday landscape or your garden, on a small scale, uh, choosing the right plant from the right location and doing the initial preparation, uh, most plants are going to adjust to the area that uh, you're trying to um, you know, develop. Uh, the soils test at times, uh, it does come in handy, uh, like I said, mostly on a larger renovation uh, project. Um, for instance, if, and which comes into play a lot for uh, commercial projects where a lot of earth has been moved, uh, subsoil has been all the topsoil removed and we're down to subsoil so uh, adding extra nutrients or organic matter uh, comes into play on a small scale uh, i don't think it's as much uh, necessary uh, as it is choosing the right plant for the right location and doing uh, uh, digging the hole properly and amending the soil on a smaller scale and and you know we can go into more depth on Kind of, um, okay. let's say, true facts, what will happen. Bare spots in the yard, grass, right? Bare spots. Mm -hmm. How do you fix those? Well, it depends how often or how frequent those bare spots are. I'll give you a scenario. Every summer, every summer, summer, the same spot. Well, keep in mind, um, a lot of times uh, this late in the season, uh, I just had to deal with this at my home last week. I, I was mo this all happened within one week. And I seen uh, what it turned out to be a skunk was uh, rooting around, digging holes in the yard. And I have my lawn professionally treated. And uh, I still had grubs. And they were causing uh, dead spots. And, and this happened at a, at a homeowner's site. He thought it was an irrigation problem. One of our heads wasn't working. And I'm looking at the surrounding area, and he had this very specific area that was brown, and everything else was green. So I just reached down there and, and tugged at the grass, and uh, it just pulled right up. And when I pulled the grass up, I could see grubs underneath the, um, uh, 
you know, the thatch line of the, the sod. And uh, so you can have grubs late in the season like this as opposed to in the spring. And a lot of times timing of, of uh, treating for specific uh, lawn diseases or weeds or insects is uh, all timing and doing it at the right time of year and diagnosing what the problem is. A lot of times people think because something's turning brown or yellow, it's a lack of water. Uh, that's not the case all the time. You, you could be a very specific disease or an insect problem. So you need to diagnose and do a little homework when you're trying to figure out, you know, why I have spots or why my lawn doesn't look as good as it should. I was uh, preparing for this show, if you will, and trying to sound like I knew at least something. <laughs> and I came across um, a something that I guess I hadn't realized. It said one of the perfect times to seed your lawn is early October. Yeah, that's it's generally a good rule of thumb. Um, fall seeding is probably the best time of year to get your best results. Uh, we generally start fall seeding uh, mid-August, and we try to conclude it uh, our our little target date is October 6th and our reasoning behind that is a lot of proprietary seeds especially today where a lot of people are using turf type tall fescue seed blends uh, those take about three weeks to germinate and so why we have a cutoff date of like October 6th is that so it takes three weeks to germinate that pushes you almost to the end of October and all of a sudden that little seed is starting to germinate and there's nobody knows for sure but generally roll thumb towards the end of October we'll get a hard freeze mm -hmm. and that's why we try to have seeding done very early on so that the grass can get established and not have to worry about you know a freeze so even a safer time would be instantly yes we're kind of running out of the the window right now uh, we have all of uh, for the rest of this week and next week and then I'd be skeptical now in southeastern Ohio here there's many years where October uh, we have great almost summer like weather and we don't get a hard freeze a lot of times until you know mid uh, November so uh, but it's you're just taking a chance you're taking a chance yeah now okay <clears throat> a lazy person would just scatter seed on the top but a proper person would do what? Well, I don't. I would consider that person lazy. Just didn't know. Uh, so uh, seed has to. Uh, you have to scarify the soil, uh, rough it up so it's there's some loose. Uh, there's you don't have compaction. So when that seed starts to germinate, the roots have something it adhere to, and it's not on a hard pan. Uh, uh, you know, like like concrete or asphalt because heavy clay soils can get very compact so it's very important that you uh, break up that compaction whether it's with a rake a rototiller or a large lawn renovation you might have to have bring in a piece of equipment you know just to totally till up the lawn and regrade it so soil compaction is a is a very uh, big thing uh, when you're trying to do a lawn renovation no matter on a small scale or on a large scale you got to break up the soil now, I have a lawn tractor, a very basic thing, John Deere. Um, I don't have an aerator attachment. 
I simply have the uh, the belly mower and a wagon, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. basic stuff. Um, so, but I've got some hand tools, and they have these rotating spikes on them. And, um, man, I have to push hard to make it dent and rough up the soil uh, to the point that I think maybe it's loosened up enough that some of these roots are going to grab on right well sometimes if it's all possible and it grounds really hard because you know we really have been uh the month of september it's been extremely dry yes uh if you can pre-water and soak the lawn so that it loosens it up some you know whatever mechanical attachment you may be using that might uh get a little better penetration and and cultivate and tear up the ground some uh if you just you know, soak it real good before you try to overseed. Yeah. Well, I've been looking at other aerator things because I'm lazy, right? I don't want to put in that muscular... (laughs) Anyway, um, but so far I haven't found anything to my liking. I think I'm just going to have to muscle it. Well, um, you know, so certain times of the year are best for what? purposes when you talk about being proud of your lawn and making sure it looks the best it can well right now is a great opportunity to enhance uh that um the our industry has a tagline fall is for planning and uh people need to take advantage of that uh lawns right now if you have uh, one of the things that people don't think about but if you have a lot of broadleaf weeds in your lawn uh now's a great time you can use a broadleaf weed killer to get good control uh, of those weeds because they're fully mature uh and they're still growing actively and you'll get a lot of uh knockdown of unwanted weeds right now now i i have just a little wand sprayer Uh uh-huh and I walk around with the, the container in my hand and then the sprayer in my other. Mm-hmm. And it does a wonderful job. And I only have to treat like twice a year. Um, but you can, within 24 hours, you can see them like starting to shrivel. And, uh, but I don't have a lot of them because I've been doing it annually for some time. But they still pop up. Yeah. So, so I'm doing it right. Yeah. Uh, it's an ongoing process. Uh, uh, treatments uh, and landscape maintenance, whether it's lawns or your uh, actually trees or shrubs, it's an ongoing uh, uh, process. Uh, just because you treated one time uh, doesn't mean that uh, it, it can't occur again. Right. So if fall is for planting, what's the next line? <laughs> well, in our world... <laughs> Let's extend this. Uh, we'll be doing landscaping uh, work clean up until the first part of December. So uh, even though fall officially occurred this past weekend, uh, you still have a lot of time. Just because the plants are going to start going dormant, uh, the ground's getting wetter, uh, the days are getting cooler, uh, soil temperatures are still warm, and there's still a lot of great time uh to do projects that maybe you put off this past spring or summer so yeah. uh you know so fall is for month 
a lot of people they consider October fall because the leaves change. You know, I noticed that on the way over this morning. You can start to see the trees starting to turn color. Oh, yes. Uh, but you still have the whole month of November. So fall is a long period of time to do a lot of uh, uh, landscaping uh, or I have, projects. I have leaves falling. You know, they not not completely, but I mean, and I like to go around with the mower and chomp them up. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but. Uh, leaves, I would strongly recommend, um, unless you're using them for mulch uh, in a specific area, they need to be removed from your lawn and from your landscape. The leaves really don't give a lot of organic matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the, the chemical makeup of uh, foliage on uh, trees. A lot of the leaf drop you're getting right now um, is from uh, just stress from the summer. Uh, things are dry. Uh, they're prematurely dropping, but we are starting to get some changing in colors right now and some uh, leaf drop. So, Folks, uh, we talked about this in an earlier show last week, I think, but um, the city has now announced its 2023 leaf pickup schedule. And uh, that's what this paper I just asked you to hand me was. And everywhere... Um, you know, they've divided the city up in different zones, and this map is uh, printed off the city's website. But they're pr- picking up everywhere at least three times during the course of the uh, fall months. And uh, here I'll pass that back to you just so you can get a peek at it. But, uh, it, you know, you take them out to the curb, and uh, I have one of these. Um, rakes that I pull behind my tractor and mm-hmm. I take care of uh, Grace my neighbor and myself and and man we put a lot of leaves out there and they pick them up within a few days with a big vacuum yep all right well um okay so fall is for planting landscaping till December there's more of a year. Now, what would we do in the winter? Nothing? Well, in our world, our company, we start planning for next year. We do a lot of improvements around our facilities. We go through all of our equipment. We do a lot of in-house training. In our industry, that's when a lot of conventions and seminars occur during the winter months because it's a slower time of year. And then if we do... We're, we're ready to do some uh, snow or salt uh, uh, if we get some uh, winter, which yeah. uh, that's hit or miss in our area. And then spring. You know, I always think of spring as being the most active for a gardener person. Um, but really, it's uh, nearly year-round. Okay, but tell us what you would recommend we all doing in the spring. Well, in the spring... Um, obviously start getting your uh, beds ready um you know one of the you're actually you're going to do some things in the fall to get ready for the spring so you want to make sure uh all your perennials are cut back uh you can do a lot of dormant pruning um but the big thing in the spring is uh make sure all your yard waste or vegetation is clean so that 
there's no um, disease insect from old vegetation in your landscape that can uh, spread to your plants and also it's a good time to supplement because they're starting to break dormancy uh, you know to do some fertilization um, you know to get things because they're coming out of dormancy uh, get that nutrients down into the root uh, zone of the plant material to help boost the plant uh, you know with new growth and then one of the probably the biggest things in the industry that people do in the spring is they remulch their landscape hmm. uh, and uh, and it no mulch is you know it just depends what you're using I don't think one's better than the other it's more of a preference on color uh, but you need to watch how much mulch uh, you know you use year after year now I'm um, the city also has a program where you can go down and purchase these large double um, brown bags. They're double walled, so they, they withstand branches and things like mm -hmm. that being in them without tearing. All right. And then uh, you can report it, and they come by and pick them up, and it's very reasonable. Okay. <clears throat> I have been filling bag after bag after bag with these clippings. And it's maybe that um, in some cases I haven't clipped for a few years, so it's out of control, and I'm shaping it, and I'm trying to make a better appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, in other cases, they they suggest each each fall you should trim them back to their safety points so that they can survive the winter well. Um, but mostly it's shaping. Right. And now's probably the best time of year. Here in the next month when things, we get a couple hard freezes and the plants have really gone dormant. On a lot of your uh, uh, woody plant material or deciduous plant material, is a great time to hand prune or hand select you can see the branch structure of the tree or the shrub a lot better than when all the leaves are on it and you can select and do some corrective pruning and and not you know make your shrubs all look like x's and o's so uh, you can see dead wood uh, you can make a better choice of a removal of a limb uh, whereas you're just during the growing season just taking the new growth off the plant so mm -hmm. you can do some uh, very good reduction of uh, size in the fall and and not hurt the plant a lot of people think that you know I over pruned it and I killed it well if a plants in full growth right now or say May or June uh, if you try to cut that plant in half, that plant's going to be stressed, and you might see some dieback. But when mm -hmm. the plant's going dormant like we're seeing now, uh, it's going to be very beneficial and get good results uh, come spring. Okay, so, um, folks, we're going to organize this. Tomorrow morning, we're all going to meet and drive over to Marietta to look at Dave Fleming's yard. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. What time should we do that? Uh, I'm kidding. Of I course. know. <laughs> okay, Dave. What is a plant that you just dig? You mean what I really like? Yeah. You know, you ask me how long I've been at Greenleaf, and I guess maybe I consider myself like a shoe cobbler. I've been doing this for 40 years, and over the years, I'm, I'm more involved, and I'm, I'm beating around this answer uh, of what. You know my client or our you know potential clients uh, want and, and try to enhance and, and get their enjoyment I 
really a lot of times, I guess to put a pun, uh, I haven't had time to stop and smell the roses. Uh. Um, now, speaking of that, uh, I tried it one time, and I think I'd like to try it again. Uh, it takes a lot of uh, maintenance, a lot more maintenance than most landscapes. I'd like to t- redevelop. I had at one time a hybrid tea rose garden, and uh, those take a lot of daily care and weekly care. Those are what I consider the roses like you buy at a florist. And uh, there's a lot of pruning, a lot of spraying, a lot of uh, pampering of those plants. But I really enjoy that. And um, unfortunately, uh, my old house, I was I was pretty successful because the new house, I'm dealing with deer. <laughs> and deer love roses. Um, but uh, I really like roses a lot. Well, and, uh, you know, that we, we all have deer. We all have um, interesting animals. I have possums. I have raccoons. And I'm right in the city. And, uh, and I have deer. All sizes, all ages. Um, now, that's kind of cool. You know, we look out the window and say, oh, look at that deer. And uh, we have the hummingbirds and all that sort of thing. But uh, there are certain plants they don't like that you can plant, and then they'll steer away from them, right? Rule of thumb, yes. It's not 100%, but uh, there's a a, a very unique palette of probably a dozen or maybe two dozen plants that you could be pretty successful with. But if you're wanting to, wanna, you know, deer, if you like dailies, hostas, rhododendrons, azaleas, deer love those. Mm. And, uh, you know, those are all nice flowering plants uh, that people love to have in their landscape. But, boy, the deer sure do like them. So you got to start thinking outside the box what, you know, deer, you know, won't browse as much on. And, and there's a nice selection but it might not be the selection that you you originally wanted to plant. Now, across the street here at Greenleaf in Athens, um, you have a, um, uh, what am I trying to say, a greenhouse, right? Uh, An area where lots of things um, are available for people to purchase and then take home and plant. Uh, You have an indoor facility. Uh, shucks, I even went over there years ago and bought some OU stones that had, uh, um, that, uh, where they had carved in, uh, you know, the OU emblems and sure. things. Sure, yeah. Um, so there's decorations as well. Um, what is something that, when you think of greenhouses in southern Ohio, uh, you folks are particularly proud of as far as uh, plant material well, sure yeah. or anything for that matter well I think uh, we, we try to have a great selection uh, of uh, all palettes of uh, plant material whether perennials annuals vegetables uh, native plant material trees and shrubs we try to have a, a good mix for all the uh, uh, likes and dislikes uh you know because every uh consumer is different and we try to be a one-stop shop uh where you can come and get all your needs 
and uh, also be able to get whatever questions and answers you may have uh, to take care of your landscape a little more uh, want to say personal touch than some of the box stores so I think it's the personal service and the selection uh, I think we do a good job on well one of the things I've noticed is that you know someone is just really troubled by the way things are going in their garden or their lawn um, they can come and or even call and say could someone come over here and give me some advice and they'll do it sure uh, we try to at all of our facilities uh, our key employees all have uh, degrees in the industry whether it's horticulture plant soil sciences design build landscape architecture uh, or uh, just uh, years of experience, you know, in the trade, uh, we try to have uh, key people to, you know, answer that. And if you come to the store, um, you know, if you can, you know, everyone carries a cell phone with them, you know, take a picture or bring some samples of the plant in and, uh, you know, we'll be more than able to help you try to diagnose or help you out with whatever the problem may be. And you also take some pride in having some really unique plants, right? Oh, most definitely. And uh, something that maybe someone's not seen before, and yet it's hardy and would work in certain environments extremely well. So you introduce it to them. That's neat. Yeah. Well, um, regular service. Say someone is up in years and they just don't have the health. Uh, but they do have the desire to keep their their yard in a nice condition. Um, you also provide services to help with those kind of environments, right? Oh, most definitely. You know, it could be uh, from a, a weekly service. It could be a monthly service. We may see you in the spring, may see you in the fall. Or it may be a, a one and done where you've been wanting some sort of outdoor uh, space that you wanted to enhance or develop and we come in design it install it and uh, uh, give you the information you need to take care of it in the years ahead of you because a lot of times most of uh, your landscape enhancements it isn't something that you're doing yearly because mm. you know it's a it's a living uh, breathing item that you know develops and matures as you are <laughs> as an individual uh, so you get to enjoy it over the years so and, you know, swings and things like that that are so peaceful. And, uh, you know, there's nothing quite as cool as going back in the yard and swinging in that that uh, two- or three-seat uh, swing and reading a book, you know. Sure. And out, whatever outdoor space that may be, whether, you know, it's just a peaceful area to uh, hang out and look at the lovely landscape or a reading area, it could be a a fire pit it could be a, a kitchen area developed outside um, you know patio space uh, uh, you know a, a perennial garden of specific varieties that you uh, working with they, uh, you know cut flower garden uh, could be in, involved in a lot of um, uh, organic uh, vegetable garden that you enjoy year after year uh, there's a lot of uh, different avenues to enhance your landscape that you can enjoy, you know, season after season in your, your yard. I think I mentioned that uh, one of my neighbors, um, they call it Creeping Charlie. I don't know what it is, but it's some sort of thing that gets throughout the grass and, and makes the grass not grow as perfectly as it could, right? 
That's correct. It's a uh, in the lawn world. That's a unwanted weed, um, and uh, it can. It's it, why they call it creeping trolley because it spreads. It's like a ground cover. Uh, and now's uh, if you want to use a broadleaf weed control, but if you have an excessive amount and there's not enough grass there, if you're treating it, you might have to renovate it. Uh, you might have to just selectively remove it. Uh, with you know, there are a lot of products out there. Common one is Roundup. Uh, to just kill it out and uh, renovate that lawn area in some new grass. But doesn't Roundup treat all th vegetation? That's correct. And and um, uh, that's so gonna, how do you deal with just clobbering that bad stuff? Uh, well, uh, one of the most common products over the counter that a consumer can buy is Two Four D. Is the component in the chemical makeup. And uh, one of the common trade names is uh, Weed Be Gone. Oh, yes. um, I've heard so, of that. Um, uh, but keep in mind when you're using a product like that, uh, if you're wanting to overseed after that creeping trolley dies, that product takes about three to four weeks to dissipate in the soil so that you can go back and reseed. So like right now, if you were wanting to get rid of it, you're not going to be able to reseed uh, because the, the residual in the uh, soil. So, But it's a good time to uh, control that type of weed right now. I had a grapevine in my... I have a grapevine in my yard. And... Um, oh, well. Well, it, that... You might have to physically try to dig out. No, it's delicious. Oh, oh, it actually... <laughs> oh, well, there's wild grapevines. I don't know. Oh, this no, no, no. Here. This is the kind you pick and eat. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there's a lot of nice vineyards over here in Athens, yeah, uh, wineries. Of course. Uh, it's good territory to uh, grow a lot of different type grapes. Yeah. So um, do you have a favorite plant? Well, I think I mentioned earlier um, a lot of the hybrid tea roses. Okay. Um, and uh, right now, over the years, our industry is really starting to develop a lot of different variety of hydrangeas. And people really like uh, those large, colorful blooms late in the summer. And uh, they're becoming quite interesting what they're developing out there, uh, color-wise, uh, the panicles that are on them, the size. Um, so I, I would say somewhere between uh, my, my roses and hydrangeas, uh, those are some of my uh, favorite blooming plants. Do you like to mow? Yes, I do. I do, too. <laughs> so I, I get so much thinking done while I'm mowing, and I have a fairly large yard. I have a push mower, and uh, oh. I bag my grass, um, <coughs> and, uh, and it gives me a time when I'm mowing around the yard. I can mow everything in an hour, uh, but also I'm mowing around my beds, and I'm looking over and seeing what's going on with my bed, so it keeps me fresh in mind if there's something I need to address. I'm not just my hands and hands are down, you know, looking at the grass. You know, I'm looking at other things while I'm mowing. Yeah, well, I, 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 had a, I grew up on a big yard in Worthington, and um, it was all self-propelled but push mower, uh -huh. or, or walking mower is what I meant to say. But since I got my own yard, I have thoroughly enjoyed having a regular riding mower. Yeah, it's some, it's some good time downtime. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, sometimes I'm you know pushing tomorrow, and it's about dark time because it's been a long day. Yeah. But uh, it still gives me a chance to wind down a little bit. I I get it. If you had not pursued, I'm going to call it gardening. What was another interest in your life? Well, it, it's kind of uh, gardening. Um, I considered early on maybe going into turf grass management into the golf course world of uh, of the industry. Uh, you know, like a green superintendent. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but one of the things that I'm re- truly going to enjoy, I, I was sharing with you when we fir- before we got on the air. Uh, here, come March, I'm going to retire, and. Uh, I have, in my career of uh, the landscape profession, I've really, truly never got to enjoy spring because I've been trying to create that enjoyment for our customers. And uh, so this spring, I'm really going to take some time back, enjoy the nice weather, uh, watch your landscape, uh, you know, come out of dormancy and just enjoy the, the beautiful weather uh, in the spring. I, I'm really looking forward to that. This is... Uh, be one of the first time in 40 years I think I'm really going to enjoy spring. I lived a lot of places in this nation. Um, I had four years in Hawaii. Um, but I'm from Worthington, central Ohio. Um, but I've lived in Wyoming and, oh, the list goes on and on. Los Angeles. Is there... How do I put this? Every place has unique atmospheric conditions which affect um, plants. Um, Where is a place that you've admired and thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to live there? Well... I don't know if it's so much live there, and it's just I just had this experience, and one of the advantages of living in a larger city, um, I got to uh, privilege to do something, and this was two weeks ago. I went to Denver. Oh yeah, and uh, went to a wedding, and we had some downtime, and uh, I ran K I M N okay. in Denver, and um, they had a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. Right in the city. It was a small scale of like uh, um, in New York City, uh, you know, Central Park mm-hmm. on a smaller scale. It was surrounded by uh, apartments, housings, businesses. And um, in a larger city, I really enjoy going to the conservatories or, you know, the botanical gardens. And, and you, there you really get to see all the plant material that you studied and enjoyed uh, in a perfect scenario setting, uh, you know, because they're pampered and they're take well taken care of, and uh, you get to see a lot of things you don't get to. I recommend install. Baltimore, Maryland, to you if uh-huh. you haven't been there yet. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they've got a beautiful such space. But uh, when you're asking, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, plant material, uh, there's something also. <laughs> And it's it's pretty minimalistic, but I really enjoy the ocean. Uh, I like palm trees and listening to seagulls and and just uh, scrubby, uh, you know, or, uh, grasses and the dunes and things. Um, uh, it's very minimalistic, but I, I think the ocean has a soothing 
uh, calm to it. Uh, oh yes, so so much so. And and it's very nice to see in the southern uh, parts of the country. Uh, I've been to Hawaii, uh, the tropicals, uh, because uh, you get to enjoy. They they bloom almost year round. They have specific bloom times, but you're going to get blooms, you know, a lot longer than we do in our uh, seasonal weather. You know, we have the four seasons, and we can't enjoy flowers uh, outside year round. So uh, somewhere where. Uh, uh, you can enjoy that. I, I, I really enjoy. Well, I lived on 91st Street in Virginia Beach, right at the corner as it, the bay opened and uh, rang WRAP, our nation's first black radio station. And I was just down there. I was in Williamsburg, Virginia this summer yeah. uh, vacationing and got to see a lot of the... Uh, uh, in the town there, you see a lot of the, they try to keep it to the period of, you know, uh, plant material, you know, of that time. What they, uh, of course, it was more sustainable landscape, you know, they're, uh, you know, growing things to uh, eat and get them through the winter months uh, or the summer months. Uh, sure, so. sure. Well, listen, um, we got about um, 10 minutes left. Um, your family. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, my mom and dad are still alive. Uh, they're both 85. And their uh, careers were? Uh, uh, my mother was a health and gym teacher. Mm-hmm. And my dad was uh, actually, uh, he was the vice president of the YMCA's of Pittsburgh. Uh, most of his career, then he was the director of uh, f- the foundation for a hospital in Pittsburgh in his latter years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and actually, they're both coming down to visit uh uh, this weekend, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, they still live in Pittsburgh, and my sister uh, and hus- uh, brother-in-law live um, uh, in Somerset, PA, uh, around Seven Springs. She's a school teacher, and my brother-in-law's retired. And my other uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law live up in Akron with my in-laws. They live up in uh, Akron also. Uh, and have any of them followed a career of interest in plants? Uh, no, they, they, the interest is, is in what they, they asked Dave, you know, help me out. And my, you know, I come around or I'll take a couple of days off over the years and help them in their landscape to enhance <laughs> or plant some stuff for them and give yeah. them some tips. So yeah. I think they all enjoy it. Uh, 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 but like everybody, they, they enjoy it until they have to start maintaining it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, you know, in our industry, that one of the biggest uh, terms used when we're meeting with someone is they want low maintenance. And uh, you can only minimize so much when you're dealing with a, a live perishable item. You know, it takes some degree of care. Well... Um, I have learned so much about plants in the last uh, year uh, since meeting the, the lady I've become interested in. Um, and, man, she has so much knowledge. It's really fascinating. What about, um, what is a plant you hate? <laughs> Probably because I had to deal with this plant at my first house and that was a pin oak tree yeah and and a pin oak tree needs to be in a park or some natural setting but in a residential area uh they uh they're very dirty they um uh 
every other year I got an acorn crop uh, and then they dropped leaves all winter long and uh, just okay, high so maintenance. I have one right next to my house overlooking a deck. Okay. Bang. They hit that deck so hard and it sounds like, you know, a stone landed there. And they do it all the time this time of year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are loud. Yeah. And if they hit you, they hurt. <laughs> yeah. But I I can remember picking up acorns and leaves. I was just That was a task I did not enjoy doing. That was the wrong tree in the wrong place in a residential neighborhood. It needs to be out in a park or, or some sort of area where uh, it can do its thing and not uh, affect well, uh, the maintenance. In of. today's world, we have blowers, right? Yeah. So we put the battery in and blow, it, blow them all off six times a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, otherwise they're kind of cool, and the yeah. squirrels love them. Yeah, well, there's not enough. That tree of mine produced so many uh, acorns. I don't think I could have had enough squirrels to we sock a, them away. We got a bunch. We got a bunch. Yeah. Well, let's see. What do you think I should have brought up that I haven't? Well, you know, we're, we're in the fall, and one of the things that um, people really enjoy in the spring are the, uh, the flowering bulbs. So you have daffodils, tulips, hyacinths, crocus, alliums, uh, snowdrops, and come spring it's inevitable the client will say i want to plant some tulips and daffodils right now i said well uh you've kind of missed the window now's the time to be thinking about that uh planting those spring bulbs now so they go through a cold period and harden off and set their roots and you'll have these beautiful uh, bulbs in the spring now keep in mind uh if you have deer uh the deer won't bother the daffodils uh, or the hyacinths, but if you really like tulips, make sure you don't have deer because they love tulips. So, um, you know, spring flowering bulbs. Uh, right now, start getting your lawn ready for winter. Uh, you want to, uh, if you have a nice lawn or trying to develop a nice lawn, you want to uh, uh, do a, um, a lawn fertilization, what we call winterizer, mm -hmm. uh, slow release for root development. Uh, now is an excellent time to start thinking about that, the month of October, uh, to help uh, develop a richer, deeper uh, root, solid root mass for your lawn to get you through winter and next spring. So take advantage of that right now. Uh, the other thing, uh, we've come through a dry period, and believe it or not, um, I know I said falls for planting, and uh, Mother Nature helps us out because it's cooler and more frequent rains. We're kind of in a dry spell, and if it's a new landscape, you want to make sure going into winter that uh, you uh, really give your plants a good drink of water uh, so that uh, they uh, carry themselves through the winter months. Uh, you know, I, I have a, a tree that years ago was a live Christmas tree, but I planted it out in the yard, right? And it's been there many years, and it's just this year doing a little suffering. So I did some reading, and I found that there are these spikes that you can pound around the base, and then I've been watering them, and um, I think it's going to make an improvement. Oh, yeah. Um, now's a good time. Uh, you could do some uh, fall fertilization. Uh, if you have some uh, plant material, uh, or large plant material that needs a little boost of energy, uh, you know, what we call deep root fertilizing. Mm -hmm. uh, you can liquid inject fertilizer into the soil. 
you can do granular uh, and uh, it definitely is very beneficial to plants like giving them a shot of B12 uh, like in a person it, it, it builds up the immune system and the health system of the plant uh, by uh, keeping them fed but don't let a plant not looking well mimic that it's a nutrient or uh, uh, a water problem you, you need to really diagnose you could be having a, a symptom of an insect problem yes. you're not aware of it mm-hmm. Dave Fleming our guest today um, of course he represents green leaf which has offices in uh, Athens and uh, Marietta is their headquarters now if someone wanted to follow up with a question with you, what number should they call? Well, uh, since I'm over here in Athens, I would suggest that they call our Athens office. Uh, if not, they can actually you know, reach me over in Marietta at 740-373-1639. Uh, is okay, 373-1639 is our main office. In, uh, okay, uh, but Marietta. here in Athens... It would be seven four zero. You had to ask me. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not over here all the time, but we'll we'll get that here right okay. right away here. So, um, so uh, and uh, we're open right now uh, seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, and um, open uh, from eight to five daily uh, to help you out and. Uh, here we go. We'll, uh, so the Athens office phone number is? Is 740-589-5000. That's easy. So. Okay, so um, folks, Dave Fleming is available to um, help you with your needs, and if it's an area he doesn't know about, they have a staff that does. So, a phone number for Dave Fleming, 740 1639. 1639. 1639. I see what I did here. 1639. And if he happens to be over in the Athens area, it's 740-589-5000. Appreciate it, Dave. It's a pleasure uh, talking with you today. All right, folks, looking ahead uh, tomorrow, our topic will be Athletes in Action in the Campus Crusade for Christ program. Mindy Heflin will be joining us, one of my very close friends. On uh, Thursday, Mayor Steve Patterson, uh, his monthly update. Next week, we have on Tuesday, Julie G. She's the naturalist for the Burr Oak State Park. And let's see. On Wednesday, Tammy Blake and Bill Johnson, who co-chair the Plains Indian Mound Festival. All sorts of good stuff coming up. So uh, once again, uh, Dave, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. All right, folks, take care out there. And um, right now, let's see here, 63 degrees. Let me double-check that. Uh, No, 66 outside our studios, and it's going to top out at 74. Okay, take care there, please. And uh, let's see here. Am I right? Oh, mercy, I got 40 seconds to go here. I misread my clock. Uh, We can tell you also that um, three weeks from now, 
On Wednesday the 11th, Dr. Ryan Folk will be with us. He is a weather and climate change expert. He's a meteorologist and on faculty here at the university. And then the next day, we'll have Terry McKinley and Tammy Hawk talking about Ohio Health Home and Hospice Care. Very important stuff. And um, so stick around. We'll have a good time and learn a lot about this great community. And my phone's ringing. I'll tell it to be quiet. We're out of time. See you tomorrow, folks. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM. W-A-T-H.